0: It's interesting, this is one of those mornings where, in my mind's eye, when I was thinking about it originally and praying for it, the whole church was here. Everybody from church was all here. It's one of the mornings where possibly some of the least number of the church, but that's okay, because I really believe God said, no, you just keep going. Um, we're gonna, it's a bit of a double act today, so in a minute, Jill's going to share for a few minutes, so you can give her a cheer now if you want, but... Uh, <laughs> But then when you find out what she's going to share about you, well, we'll see. <laughs> but um, we, we're just picking up this thread of being this title, Better Together. What does it mean to belong to the people of God? What does it mean to be God's people? And uh, we've been picking up on different elements of that. We're going to carry on with that for a couple more weeks. But today, I just wanted to pick up the title, really, the thread of Serving and Giving, you see, it goes quiet now, you see. <clears throat> but it, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful subject. It's at the very heart of our faith. That's the truth. I I haven't been able to get away. It's not a verse you often hear at this context, but it's been with me all week. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. I'm just sort of setting up, and then Jill's going to present something for a few minutes and then i'll i'll just come and sort of round it up at the end but joshua 24 verse 15 if serving the lord seems undesirable to you then choose choose for yourselves this day whom will you serve now i'm going to read the other half of it in just a moment who will you serve see the whole of the christian walk and life is a choice it is a choice choice to surrender our lives, a choice to follow, a choice to respond in obedience to the commands of God. And it's certainly true in serving and in giving. We choose, we, we do, we make choices about what we will do, what we will get involved in or not get involved in. We talked a little bit about this last week under diversity, didn't we? We sometimes choose even who we will speak to or share the gospel with. A choice is before us, whether we're going to serve ourselves, self-serving, or we're going to serve our God. I love that scripture that Abby read this morning. I just thought that was such a helpful starter for us. Do we choose to acknowledge everything that we have comes from him by generously and cheerfully giving back in response, the response of our hearts, or by clinging to what we have in the hope of... Making that feel make us feel more secure. But what's the response of Joshua? And I think it's the response of the word of God, and of course, it's so wonderfully, gloriously modeled to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. What's Joshua's response? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Now you may say, well, what's serving got to do with giving? But actually, these two things are totally related they're inter, interrelated. So I want to just pick up, we're going to be in and out of 2 Corinthians today. Um, there's lots and lots um, on giving and serving, really, in 2 Corinthians, but just, we'll just break in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Very well-known verses at one level, but just listen to the whole set of these verses. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man, and that's, that's, that's all of us, mankind, men. each man and woman should give whatever they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And here's a wonderful phrase, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, to he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, I want you to note a connection here. This service, have you ever seen that before? Giving is part of serving. Serving. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Here it is again. Because of this service by which you have proved yourselves, men and women, mankind, will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. A great set of verses there. Take them away and meditate. We could go home now. Just go, let's go and read those over and over and understand the heart of God. Matthew 20, 26, 28. They've been arguing, discussing... Uh, uh, the, the two disciples' mum has come and tried to promote them to the left hand and the right hand of Jesus. And uh, what does Jesus say? Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. This is the response of Jesus. This is who he is. The creator of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Takes off his outer clothing. Kneels down. And displays the full extent of his love. By washing his disciples' feet. John 13. And when he'd finished, uh, verse 12, washing their feet. He put on his outer clothes. He turned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he said? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly, so that's what I am. Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus is our greatest and our highest example. Amen? And it's him that we look to. It's him that we look to. As we look at all these verses, I could have read Philippians chapter 2, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his advantage, but humbled himself. Taking the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness, appearance as a man, humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. All of these these scriptures. Jesus is our greatest and highest and fullest example. So a church that has a servant hearted attitude at its core is going to have many opportunities to display the heart and the nature of Jesus to the world. Oh I just asked Jill if she would just give us a, a, a brief overview. It's not technical and detailed. Uh, you'll be pleased to hear, and she's glad about that as well. But a, a brief overview of just where our money has gone uh, the, the last year, the last financial year, but also where we're where, where, where heading out this year. But I want us to give thanks in the midst of it all. But as we give thanks, I want to give thanks for a very, very faithful servant in the life of the church. So as she comes forward, there's a mic there, uh, Jill. Can we just thank Jill for all her faithful... <clears throat>
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's my privilege to look after the housekeeping. Um, And you're all a load of kingdom builders. Do you know that you're building the kingdom? And it's individual bricks, isn't it, that builds the kingdom? And it really is a privilege to show you where the money went last year and the plans for the budget this coming year. I think John's going to put the first one on. Okay. Um, This is the, uh, as you can see, income from April the 1st to March 31st this year. So gift aid giving, I mean, look at that, £73,878. Absolutely amazing. That included the mission hall, Gifts and regions beyond gifts, because I can claim the gift aid back. Checks, cash, um, bank payments, standing orders, uh, very important, £11,604. And then we can claim gift aid, and the repayment um, for the previous year was £19,066. Income from conferences, including Fusion, 2,877. And then miscellaneous, um, I've lumped that together, £7,208, drop-in building fund, some Burundi money, money that we can't get the gift aid back, travel refunds. So, look, (laughs) £114,633 went through, which is, you know, thank you, Lord. It is just amazing. Um, Yeah. Now, the next one, have I put this on? Now, for those of you that like a pie chart, (laughs) Mark likes a pie chart, Um, you can see that 73,878 is 64%, which is a a big one, isn't it? Um, Then 10% for the checks, uh, bank payments and gift aid. The offering basket goes round. It's important with um, cash because we can get some gift aid money back from the government. I think it was about um, £1,500 we got in that £19,000. So that's important. So then you can see 17% was the repayment claim and then conference 3% and miscellaneous 6%. So is everybody everybody with me (laughs) up till now? Yeah. Yes, it, yes. 25% is a lot of money, isn't it? You have to just have paid that amount in tax first. It's not the whole of your giving, it's the money I get, but I can claim back on your behalf. Okay. Why am I not getting the next one, John? Whoops. Thank you. Okay, so this is how it's um, broken up. Um, administration, office, utilities, salaries, PAYE, pension, insurance, equipment, um, that is 60335 we spent on that. Then training, resources, conference, fusion, teaching materials, travel, 11070 And then the money we gave uh, to Mission, to Regions Beyond, Burundi, our local street pastors, benevolent gifts, came to £15,452. Um, then I put Mission Hall there because we had a special offering, didn't we? And that is broken down, the, the full total of £30,466. Um, £21,966 came in for the Mission Hall. We, we put some money from the reserve onto that of £7,000. And then there was miscellaneous bits and pieces, sale of the heaters. Uh, which came, made up that thirty thousand, and then the miscellaneous um, would cover things like guest speakers, special events, fundraising, drop in hospitality, catering, all that sort of thing. So we actually spent one hundred and nineteen thousand three hundred and fifty five pounds um, we had we 've got some money in reserve, you know, so it came from it made it up because you 'll notice there 's a five thousand difference so here 's our nice little pie chart. So 51% goes on admin office, utilities, um, pension. And, of course, there's maintenance in that, maintenance for the building, the grounds, cleaning, um, would go there. Training and resources, 9%. Um, 13% went to Mission, Regions Beyond Burundi Street passed as benevolent. And then the Mission Hall, 30,000 there. This is still a little bit, Left twenty five percent of that, and miscellaneous was just one percent. Okay, so that's where it went last year. Now um, we do a budget, and this budget that I do with Mark is just housekeeping. It doesn't involve vision. That's Mark and Ashley and Paul's job to, in, to for vision. So this is what I know in a sense, that we're going to get in, okay? Um, The gift aid giving, I'm expecting this coming year, 56,800. I'm expecting from standing orders, cash checks, 10,200. We've already had the charity claim back, which is 20,000. So I sort of know we're going to get 87,000 pounds in. That doesn't include any special offerings. Over the years, I've, I've had many, many conversations with people um, what type of givers we are. You know, there's the Melchizedek, um, uh, that he was the king of Salem, the king of peace, uh, priest of the God Most High, a, a, a version of Jesus in the Old Testament, and Abraham gave him 10% even before the law was given. So there's, there's that thinking. There's the Malachi bring your full tithe into the storeroom, test me. I think it's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Then we move on to the Corinthians that Mark um, spoke about just now, and 1 Corinthians 16, on the first day, set aside as God has blessed you to give. And I I like to look at what Jesus said. You know, the widow's might. she gave more out of her poverty than those that could really afford it. And for me, I think what I get from that is God looks on the heart, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, whenever I'm asked, you know, just God looks on your heart. And he, he, knows, he knows if he's got your money, he's got your heart in a sense. But God does look on your heart. So for me, that is really important. Um, so here we are. Is the pretty picture. In a minute. What am I doing wrong, John? Ah, back. There we go. Okay. So, um, the budget, we estimate it'll a breakdown like this. Mark wants to review it in, the, in July. Um, gift aid giving, I think will be 65%. So, thank you. It is just, thank you for every single penny. It's so important. 12% cash offerings, cheques, standing orders. And then 23% we've had from uh, Her Majesty's government. Um, so that's how I think it's going to come in then this is how we've done the budget now remember this is just housekeeping (laughs) I don't have this trouble at dropping over to you John please can we have the next one thank you Um, can we have the one before Okay, so we think we're going to spend 60600 on admin, office utilities, salaries, equipment, building, maintenance, catering, young people's work. Um, then training and resources, conferences, teaching materials, travel, 9825 Then mission, um, reach beyond Burundi, street pastors, gift, uh, cov- benevolent gifts, $14,600. we have had to sort of fit this around the 87. And then miscellaneous, um, 87,000. And this is what it looks like. Okay, so 70% on admin, 11% on training, 1% on miscellaneous, but this is really brilliant. The plan to give to Mission and Burundi is 17%, which is, you know, which is really great. Um, I, I get a lot of um, help from a guy called Robert Morris, who is an American, so we'll, we'll forgive him, teaches on giving. <laughs> but a rule of thumb, which I thought was so easy to remember, that he gave, um, and I think us ladies are really good at this spend wisely. You know, we love a bargain, don't we? Spend wisely, save diligently, give generously. Spend wisely, save diligently. Give generously.
0: Jill, thank you so much. I, some of you will know and understand the amount of hours and effort that goes into these kinds of things. You will know about it, I know. Um, I so appreciate all that Jill does. And what I want to say, I, thought, I think she said it helpfully there, um, and it's good that it's being recorded, so I'm hoping that many others will be able to hear this. Please do let others know about this, because I, I want us to be aware of it uh, across the church. But as she said, as we look out, it feels to me like it, we know roughly what, by God's grace, will be coming in and, and the things that we want to do generally that are going out. And that's a good starting place. But that's the language I use. It's a starting place because I do feel and believe and know that God's got a lot more for us in the days ahead. And it really does feel that at the moment. And uh, looking forward. Um, in a couple of weeks' time. to so just gathering those who've got a heart in terms of uh, mission at home. We're very committed as a family of churches to mission uh, overseas in that sense and to the ends of the earth, and that's vital. It's part of Jesus' call on our lives, for sure. But actually, there's something that is being stirred here in us as a body. What, what is God saying to us about the community here, the, the community around us, the community of cows and the Isle of Wight and so on? And it feels early days, but something is brewing. I really believe that, and I believe there's much more. And as the mission hall is now almost finished, it's like we don't want that now to be a nice building that stays empty. We want that to be something that's being used and being released into the community and, 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 and serving the community for the sake of the gospel, uh, not just to help people feel better, but they might know Jesus. They might know their creator. So there's... There's a lot more, and in terms of, you might say, there's quite a lot of training and resources that, that goes in there, but I, what I want to just say to you as a church, before I just come back into Corinthians, is that the church is at an age and a stage and a size where training and resourcing and equipping and releasing is a core part of what we're about in order to train and resource uh, different ones in different ways for the days ahead, for the future. And so I just want to highlight that and for us to be aware of that. And so we're always looking to help, support and send. But I'm also uh, enabled by you as a church to be able to go and be a blessing to others as well, both here on the island but also onto the mainland and as part of our family of churches. So I'm able to be released by you to also go uh, and train and resource and help release others as well. So these things are all part of that picture and I just also want to go on record as saying, I just think it's astonishing. I think as a core, we're probably about 80 adults and maybe 30 children, uh, you know, at our sort of peak, that's where we're at at the moment. I think those kinds of figures are astonishing. I really do. The Mission Hall, we've just been able to do all that we've done, £30,000. Now, we have drawn on some reserves, but those are reserves that came from the giving, um, and, and so just give thanks to God, I really do, for what is a relatively small church and the money that we're, and we're able to give away? 10? No, 13, 14, 15% we're giving it away to the work of the gospel. It's wonderful, it's wonderful and we give thanks, we really do. But we do need to recognise that that budget doesn't have much of a faith stretch it's well we think that's what will come in and we think that's what will go out but God's saying I want to I want to pull you into the more I want to stretch you and so we need I think we do need to be ready for that I said to Jill can we just think for the first six months but let's think about what we're where we're heading in the days ahead as well so we're going to need to come back July August we're going to need to reflect on that and I'm hoping in September. To actually share some things again with you, a bit of a vision, Vision Sunday, early September, and just where are we heading, what are we doing, what's God taking us? So we're not, we're not just ticking over, amen? amen. Okay. Some are not ticking over anyway. So, Okay, but we don't want to just tick over. So just a couple of few moments. I, I do just want to draw your attention back into Corinthians, just to help us to understand. Thank you, Jill, for some of the things you were sharing there because it's just so helpful to have some principles. What is it that guides us? What is it that guides our thinking and our attitudes and our hearts? There's a lot of comprehensive, probably the most comprehensive teaching on giving. I mean, as Jill mentioned, Malachi and and, and others, it's there. But 2 Corinthians, it's all the way through 2 Corinthians. So do be looking at that. But I want to just say there is a core principle, okay? There's a core principle behind all giving. I don't know if you can think what that is. Just for a moment, quietly to yourself. There's a core principle. You might be saying, oh, is he going to talk about the tithe? What's he going to say? We don't actually give God anything. Rather, we decide what to keep. Just hear that again. We don't actually give God anything. We decide what to keep. Everything we have is from him. It's all from him. He provides it all. You say, Mark, but I earned it. Yes, but who put the breath in your mouth? gave you your muscle structure? Who gave you your intellect? Who, who gave you the ability to learn? So we don't give God anything. Rather, we decide what to keep. Now, forgive me, but some may feel a bit, a bit provoked. I don't want to lead anyone into condemnation today. I thank God that grace was a theme in our worship this morning. We are under grace. But the Holy Spirit will provoke us and challenge us at times. And we because we live in such a society and our minds and our attitudes are shaped by a worldview, we have lenses on that we look at the world and we think about the world in a particular way. Um, and the world's view is, it's, it's mine. Belongs to me. I earned it or I inherited it or I, I got it, I dug it up, I made it, I built it. It's mine. No, it's the Lord's. It's all the Lord's. it's all from Him, but what will I, what do I, as it were, what decide to keep as opposed to offering back to him? And that story of the widow's mites that we read, preached on some weeks ago, you can look it up. Jesus just just acknowledged she gave everything she had out of her poverty. It wasn't just a 10 percent that, well, she could afford and wasn't really going to miss. No, she gave everything that she had. So this is a principle. So giving actually should be excellent. Now, if we go into 2 Corinthians chapter 8, just go back a page if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. um, Well, in fact, in verse 7, he says, um, well, let let, let me read, What what have I got here? Paul says, um, 2 Corinthians 8, it's actually verse 7, I've got verse 9 written down here. Paul says, since you excel in everything, and I suddenly thought, do you know, am I the only one, I never realized that the word excel comes from excellent. And I thought, oh yeah, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in love, that we have kindled in you, See that you also excel in this grace of giving. And so it's okay to be excellent at giving. Now, we might not want to go around and say, I'm excellent at giving. But we can be biblical and say, I want to excel in giving. Because the Apostle Paul says, you know, we we often commend each other for excelling in things. I just want to... commend you as a church, that you excel in giving. And I know there's incredible generosity and sacrificial giving in the life of this church. But you see, as wonderful as my contributions are in other areas, it's no good just saying, I will contribute excellently in welcoming people on the door or doing the PA or the coffee or whatever it might be. But it's no good just saying, I'm going to contribute excellently in other ways, but just not in giving not in giving. See, I believe God wants us to be excellent givers. And uh, I'll have a couple of other points in just a moment, because I believe it displays something. I believe it models something. I believe it, 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 it gives a glory to God. One of the interesting things is that we can, we can, we can wriggle around this. We can say, oh, well, you know, I, I'm very good at serving the children, but I, I don't feel to give my money. Um, I know I've been challenged about this from a different example, from the example of fasting. We talk about, I want us to start as a church to think a bit more about fasting. It's a very interesting subject. It's a wonderful subject. But I know that when you start to talk about fasting, it's, oh, I'll fast from Facebook this week. Okay, so I won't look at Facebook this week. Um, I can do that, but giving up a couple of meals in the day, oh, I couldn't Possibly now that i know that myself and it's a bit like that sometimes with yeah i want to excel as a servant in the local church but maybe not in my giving so i believe paul is saying to us here uh, since you excel in all of these things i want you to be those who excel in giving but there's a link to this and i loved what jill just brought there jill said it's a matter of the heart it's a matter of the heart You see, I don't want anyone to go away under condemnation. Oh, I really ought to give more away. That's not what we're saying. It's really not what the Bible is saying. You see, giving should be sincere. It's from the heart. Paul says that giving money reflects our sincerity of heart. Jesus said, giving is a matter of worship. Matthew chapter 6 Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other, <clears throat> or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or mammon, as some of us will remember that verse. But did you notice the word that was there in there, the word devoted, devoted. Devotion is to worship, it's to bring worship the devotees uh, are, are those, aren't they, who are devoted. And so one of the things about money is it challenges our devotion. It really does. We know that in our society, in our culture, in uh, where we live, devotion. Very interesting. For the first time ever in my life, mainly because I'm paying for it monthly, but I have a newer car. I have a newer car. And I'm proper worried now about where I park in the car park. <laughs> I've never in all my life, ever, it's only because I want to sell it on again, to be quite honest. <laughs> I want it to be kept in a reasonable because I want to move it on and, and so on. And it's not wrong to have a newer car. Of course it's not. But I said to Jackie, I'm sitting there, like, oh, I'll just park in that space because there's no cars either side. And I'm thinking, I ne-, well, you couldn't do that in Swindon anyway, but um, I never would have even thought like that. And I'm thinking, hang on, hang on, where's my devotion? Where's my devotion? Now, please hear me. <laughs> if you've got a new car, it's really not a problem. I'm not saying that, but it, 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 Paul says, doesn't he? Jesus, and Jesus challenges us where's your devotion? Where's your devotion? We talked about this, haven't we, before. I, you know, I'm not anti-pensions at all. You know, pensions, are, there's wisdom in having a pension. Of course there is. But one of the things I know for myself and in our society is where is my dependency? Am I depending on my own ability? Am I depending on my own supplies? Or am I falling upon the Lord's? Because that's what faith actually means. It means to put my whole weight to lean upon to that past that point of no return. Faith is I put my trust in him. Now please hear, I'm not speaking against pensions, but we can in our society and particularly in the environment, perhaps here in Cows and this island, people are very worried, they're very nervous. And I can understand it about the political situation, so many other situations. But we want to come and we say, Lord, we're leaning upon you. You are in control. You are in control. You might look at different ones who are presenting themselves and proposing themselves for the new prime minister and, and so on. You may look at presidents and kings in other nations and you say, really? Really? Just remember it is God who raises kings. It is God who puts presidents and prime ministers in place. Now, you might want to say, Lord, him, her, really, Lord? I trust you. I trust him. Do we trust him? Who are we devoted to? Who are we devoted to? The heart only has room for one king. The heart that loves money will ask... What is the minimum that I have to give? I've been asked that question before now, not in this church, in other churches. People have come to me and said, What's what's the minimum? You know, what do I give to be a member of this church? To which the reply is nothing. The other reply is everything. See, the heart that sincerely gives, uh, loves God doesn't say, what's the minimum I can get away with giving? The heart that sincerely loves God, says, says, uh, giving money is a privilege, and, and it keeps my heart sincerely serving God, putting Him first, that my reliance and dependence is upon Him. So I would even dare to say, hopefully not too many ghosts, but generous giving is a gospel issue. See, when we understand that Jesus was infinitely rich, infinitely rich, but he was willing to give up all of that, did not consider equality with God something to be used as his advantage, but came and pitched his tent in the refugee camp of humanity. To quote, um, uh, who was that? Was it the message, Malcolm? The message version. I think it was, or even no. No, that guy, what's that translation going back? Can't think. No, no, no. It'll come to me. Anyway, not to worry. But as we understand that, not only to live in poverty, not only to come alongside us, to lay aside the glories of heaven, but to come and die for us. That's our our model. That's our model. As we understand that, as we grasp that, our hearts begin to be moved to follow the same example of that saviour. And and in some way, some small way, we begin to give of the riches that we have so that others, through the church, through mission, through the sharing of the gospel, others also might become rich. He became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. And as we model that in our, in our life, in our serving, in our giving, as we give away of all that we have, others also can come into the, the, the wonderful knowledge of that richness of salvation. Amen? So it is a gospel issue. The giving, I just want to bring right into here, should be cultivated in an atmosphere of grace. So as I said to you, how much should I give? Nothing. How much do you want to give in your heart? How much do you understand the grace of God in your life? That's where you respond. That's how you respond. There are some principles. I'll just unpack them as we finish, just literally some one-liner pointers. But it needs to be cultivated in an atmosphere of grace. So you heard it there, didn't you? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. Uh, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. We're not in the business of, you know, forcing people. You can't be a member listen, until we see your bank statement and then we work out what the tenth is. Do you know that exists in the world today? That actually exists in the world today in some churches. It does not exist here. What exists here is... Give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When the basket goes round sometimes or you look at the bank statement, if you're going, oh, do I have to? No, you don't, so please don't. Anyway, we've got some joy coming into the room. That's wonderful. Okay? It's an atmosphere of grace. But then I'm going to say something else. Generous giving is sacrificial jesus gave everything paul clearly writes here of the amazing instance of the macedonians we didn't read of them directly but you can read of them but these macedonians what does it say about them in the midst of severe trial Now, you can read into whatever that was. You can look at history as to what the Macedonians were going through. But in the midst of severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 2. He later writes in verse 4 about how they urgently pleaded with Paul. Now, hold on a minute. We've just read severe trial and extreme poverty. And yet, they urgently pleaded with Paul to be able to play a part in the collection for the struggling Jerusalem saints. It's incredible. There's something about their vision. There's something about their gaze. There's something about their devotion that in their extreme poverty, in their severe trial, no, we're going to glorify God. We're emulating our Lord and Savior. We want to give. Please, some version says they pleaded with Paul to be able to join in the offering. The kind of people that we say, please please don't give, you need it, you're desperate, all that you're going through, they're pleading with Paul to play their part. I'm not going to look at anybody, I'm looking here at myself. When was the last time you begged to be involved in the offering? I've not had many people write me an email saying, Mark, when are we going to give another offering? Well, it's time to do more giving away. I, like, you know... I know that myself, our dear brother Steve Oliver, some of us know very well, but we know whenever we go to a meeting with Steve, he's going to take an offering, (laughs) we say that, oh this is being recorded too late, that he will laugh because he says it himself, but you know it's never for him, it's not about him, it's always that it might be given away and usually to the poorest of the poor in the world somewhere, it's an apostolic mandate, that's what he carries. He carries that. And so he's like, look out, get ready. Here comes the apostle. He's, he's just met these people, these encountered people who are the poorest of the poor who are battling or the gospel is breaking out in this nation or that place. Come on, folks, we need to give. And you go, oh, again. <laughs> yeah, but out of the riches of what God has given to us. Are you with me? Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming into land. You'll be pleased to hear So generous giving is about sowing and reaping. God has put this wonderful principle in place, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. The principle says that as we give, God will give back so that we can have more to give again. See, prosperity theology, if you've never heard of that, don't worry, but many of us will know the thing about prosperity theology is it teaches that we sow in order that we might reap wealth and that we might live large in this life. Now, God does want us to bless us. I believe he wants to bless his people. I do believe that. However, it misses a massive point. You see, the harvest that God promises, that as we give, he will give us money so that the harvest will increase, so that there will be many more. It's not just about me being saved and going to heaven. It's those who don't yet know Christ right next door. And so, as I give, there is a promise. You're right. Test me, says the Lord. There is a promise. I will bless you and I will give so that you might give away again and that others might receive a blessing also. Amen? There are souls to be won to Christ. But let's do it with a smile. Let's do it cheerfully. But it is about sowing and reaping. But that reaping is not just to bless me, but it's to bless God. Generous giving is a proof that we're really saved. Oh, Mark, are you you're now into works? You know, I give money and then I get saved. No. But Paul talks of generous giving as flowing, 9.13, from your confession of the gospel of Christ, an evidence of the surpassing grace upon you. Verse 14. Okay? So your confession of the gospel of Christ, an evidence of the grace of God in your life, do you know what one of the biggest evidences? Your pocket gets touched. The thing that you've lent on, the thing that you've depended on, the thing that you've held on to, you sacrificially, cheerfully, freely, giving it away because you're so thankful for the gospel that's come to you. But it's also an evidence that the gospel has come to you, that you are a generous giver. It's an evidence that you've understood, I'm no longer dependent on myself. I'm no longer God. He is God. So it's an evidence. Generous giving is proof that you really are saved. There are other proofs as well. Generous giving helps people meet Jesus. In many of these, particularly these two chapters, eight and nine, Paul shows that the generosity of Christians helps to commend the gospel to unbelievers. So there are many who begin to discover how much does your church give and where does it give? How much are you involved? And it's a display of the gospel. It's evidence, not just of our own personal lives, but it's evidence to those around. And people begin to cross the line of faith because they see something different in the attitude of our heart and our lives. They see something different and they want to find out more. So literally, in the last two minutes as we finish, I want to give you four little pointers which I think John will bring up for us. Invitation. It's now in our welcome booklet, something that we want, I want to use quite regularly. We can use it in our life groups. We can use it just to talk to one another. But I want to say this. These are steps to generosity, okay? So the first one, if you're saying, do you know, I don't really give in, in any serious way or any thought-through way at all, I want to say to you today, take a step. Start. However small the step, I just, John, is it right to just very quickly tell that story that you, you told me about the fiver? Is that okay? John, John said to me, he said, God began to speak to me years ago about giving, and he said, I had this fiver, and he said, I was like holding it like this. And he said, and I had to pray something like, Lord, would you release the sort of iron fist of my heart to release this fiver into your But he said, I knew I needed to start. I knew I needed to start. Something like that, you can ask him. However small the step, giving for the first time, it begins to release something. So I want to encourage you, if you've never given in any way, it doesn't matter about the amount, but start. Secondly, well, yeah, I have started, I've begun to give in, in a, you know, little ways, well, step up. And begin to give more regularly. Be thought through, as we quoted that verse on the beginning, a first day of the month. Set aside a psalm in keeping with your money. That's another, another scripture. In other words, have a think about it. Be intentional. Well, not just what's the loose change. Be, be intentional. The Lord has given to me. I want to be intentional. So, so we step up and we begin to give more regularly. Maybe we commit every monthly. Did you see £20,000 has come from the government? And sometimes you say, oh, I've forgotten to sign the gift aid form. But actually, giving in that consistent, regular way is so helpful for the church. But also there's money that's available to us that the government wants to give. And that's that's God's grace. So we begin to increase in generosity. So step in, make a start, step up, start to give more regularly. And then we can take steps to work towards this biblical tithe a concept. Now, I've not taught on that this morning, have taught on it before. Many of you know my position. I think tithe is a good starting place. It is biblical. It is something that Melchizedek gave to Abraham before the law. And so it's there in the Bible. It's certainly something that always motivates Jackie and I. All of our life, we're looking for at least a tenth. That's what we're aiming and actually gross not net so we're we're always aiming that way as a church i never want that giving away bit to go below, below 10% i always want it to be over and above and beyond 10% and the more the more the better but begin to think about that the implications of that for you in terms of your giving regularly consistently taking steps towards that and then i think this is a daring step step 4 step beyond. Every time I say it, I hear in my voice, in my ear, one step beyond. Is it only me? Anyway, um, sorry. I realise this is quite challenging and provoking and visitors are coming. I'm on holiday and I've got a sermon on giving. So if you're a visitor, you're you're so welcome. Please go and receive the blessing of the Lord as you respond. But giving over and above. And I I know for Jackie and I, uh, this is not in any sense, a brag. It's a desire and it's a heart that we have to keep responding to. But we always want to be able to not just, well, this is what we're doing. We want to try and do them all. We're always looking to see how the Lord can help us, whether that be uh, in the life of the church and beyond, regions beyond, our family and so on. Can I invite you to stand? There's been a lot to take in this morning. In fact, I just... Let's read Philippians chapter 2 as we finish. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not uh, look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to use to his advantage, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him. to give our lives as an offering to the servant king. Lord, as we think about the areas of serving and giving in our church, churches that we're part of, in the community that we find ourselves, we pray for a fresh revelation and understanding of the heart of Jesus. We pray that we would respond in grace. We pray that we would respond cheerfully not under compulsion. Lord, that as we get approached to be involved, to help, to support, to serve, to give. Lord, I pray that our response more and more and more would be, oh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that he's lavished me with. Oh, that he's blessed me with. Help me to respond. Help me to respond cheerfully, generously, compassionately. Oh, Lord's Soften our hearts with their hard, Lords, where we hold on to things tightly. Lord, where we say they're mine or they're there for the rainy day or there. I just need to keep that reserve. Lord, we come to you. You are the everlasting eternal reserve. Lord, you never run out. You never dry up. Lord, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we lean upon you. Lord, we we thank you. Lord, even as a church, we want to be wise. We want to look after that which you've given us. But Lord, we don't want to depend on any reserve. We don't want to just say, oh, we've got it there in reserve. Lord, we want to keep leaning into you. We want to keep looking to you. Lords, you're the one who meets our needs. You're the one who will provide. Lords, grow our faith. Where we feel our faith is weak, where we feel insufficient in our faith, we pray. Stretch us, grow us, help us to know that provision of your glorious grace and mercy. I just pray, Lord, for any person here today who just feels that their heart has been touched, they've been really provoked. Pray that they would go from here, not under condemnation, but knowing your love, knowing your mercy. And I pray, would you help each one of us to respond in faith to you and what you would Have a say in how you'd help us to respond. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.